Hi, this is Scott Slavic. This is my life, wildlife. I'm a visitor services specialist at the Kenai National Wildlife Refuge in Soldotna, Alaska. Any way that the public is interacting with the refuge, that is some element of visitor services. So any, any interaction that a person makes with this land base, with this refuge, myself and my team are the ones that are managing the people on the landscape. We estimate probably a million visitors annually doing something on the refuge. We've got this focus on habitat and wildlife. That's one of our primary, you know, missions is working with the habitat and the wildlife. But because we're on the road system and because we're just about a two and a half hour drive from Anchorage, you know, where half the population of the state lives, the refuge becomes, you know, sort of this playground for folks. And it's, we all think of the refuge as our backyard. So the visitor use is, you know, quite intense. It's for fishing, for hunting, hiking, camping. It's a, it's a very busy and a, a very complex place. And so I find that our visitor services staff, you know, outnumbers the biologists by about three to one because managing a million visitors on the refuge every year, you know, is a, is a heavy lift for sure. One of the state's most popular fisheries and well-known fisheries is uh, right here on the refuge on the Kenai River. Um, and that is anglers from not only locally, but from other parts of the state, nationally and even internationally, come to the Kenai River to fish for sockeye salmon. It's one of the biggest draws on the refuge, you know, in terms of visitation, you know, by far. The Kenai National Wildlife Refuge is literally Alaska in miniature, right? Imagine all the different habitats of Alaska from saltwater coast to estuaries to marsh and wetlands, boreal forests, subalpine, alpine, glaciers, and then, you know, just to keep it interesting, throw in a 700 square mile ice field as well. All those habitats exist right here within the boundaries of the refuge. So you can imagine from just the, the look of the place, the scenery is dramatic. The views are sweeping. The scenery is stunning. So we got that, you know, Kenai just does not do subtlety. It's a, it's a very dramatic landscape for sure. All the diversity of habitats means we have all the diversity of wildlife. Add a million visitors on the landscape, add the state's most popular sport fishery occurring on the refuge, and um, it just makes it that type of busy and interesting and exciting place to work at. There, there's definitely inherent challenges in welcoming a million visitors into a outdoor setting, right? All of these people, the majority of them are coming to the Kenai River as well as wildlife is coming to the Kenai River. And so the potential for wildlife conflicts is really contingent upon people following the guidance that we provide, just using some good common sense when they're, you know, out on the refuge then how do we keep those people, you know, safe, not conflicting with each other or not conflicting negatively with wildlife? We never allow ourselves to be complacent. There's always these moving parts of my crews going into and out of the field. Just today, we have probably pushed 
four or more different crews in the field. One of them, you know, navigating a 74,000 acre giant glacially fed lake by boat. We have another crew going 10 miles down a trail with some horse support. Another crew is hiking in. You know, my role is really providing the logistical support for them to do that kind of work. One of the most striking things that uh, hits you when you first come to Alaska is just the sheer size. You know, you definitely have a better sense of place when you make that 5,000 mile drive to get here. You really realize that you're, you're kind of on the edge out here. You know, if you just jump off a plane after a three or four hour flight, I don't think you can fully appreciate, you know, sort of where, where Alaska actually is, you know, we're kind of on the edge here. And so I definitely remember that being a very, a very real feeling that this is pretty far away from just about everywhere. And uh, that really grabbed me as well. Even though I grew up a pretty normal suburban subdivision lifestyle, you know, both my grandparents had these secondary properties that was the clubhouse on a small lake. That was a small farmhouse on the other side of my family. And this is kind of where I grew up, right? This was the this was the source material for all those firsts. You know, first fishing trip with the grandfather, trying to catch crappie, jugging for catfish with treble hooks and stink bait, um, exploring in the woods. Um, this is this is kind of where I spent my weekends and you know it's funny that I remember being pretty young and getting my very first yearbook right but then as I looked at all these photos I saw these like carnivals and plays and music things and silly sports activities and I had no idea what this was I remember like asking like when was this I missed all that. I was out in the woods and it took me a long time to figure out that kids were actually coming back to school to do all these activities. I was kind of oblivious, you know, out in the woods and fishing with grandpa, thinking that was the normal way and that's what the majority of people were doing. So I do feel like if I had to connect some dots, it was having that introduction to the outdoors, to nature, to what kind of started me realizing that that's a, it's a good place. My degree is in outdoor recreation and park administration. Um, I fancied myself being uh, kind of a Knowles or outward bound instructor, you know, back in the day. I was really interested in the adventure education. I wanted to teach people how to get out into the backcountry and develop the skills so they could do that safely and enjoy those kinds of experiences. And it was accepting a volunteer position here at the refuge in 1990 that was supposed to just be a 12-week internship and yada 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 25 years i'm still here i think all of us can see those you know two or three really pivotal decisions that were made those intersections in your life where you could have chosen to go right or could have chosen to go left and as in retrospect you realize like that was a big one that really unfolded and took me to some place that was completely unexpected and for me it was being selected for that very first volunteer opportunity here at the refuge i thought i was running some maintenance crews and what i realized is I was offering an experience that, you know, people were finding to be 
like life changing in some ways, you know, profound experiences when I thought it was just my labor to fix trail deficiencies. And what when I looked a little deeper, I found out that people were, you know, becoming introduced into new career opportunities or, you know, causing degree paths to change. And so there was like a lot of impact to me bringing people onto this refuge to simply complete some trail projects. Instead of seeing my volunteers as merely cheap labor to get work done, what I was realizing is that these volunteers were connecting with each other, forming community, having a sense of pride in the work they did, making, you know, strong connections with each other and that's that became like the that's the juice right that's the good stuff we work with a nonprofit organization called wilderness volunteers they sell low cost week long service trips within national parks and forests and refuges and my role in working with these volunteers is say sometimes dropping them off by boat at a trailhead, 12 strangers who have just met each other. And then when I pick them up on Friday, I'm literally picking up different people. They're not the same people just a week later. Now they are crying and hugging as they say their goodbyes after this week that they've spent together. And when I was seeing that happen, it just made me kind of wonder, like what is going on out there, right? And I don't quite have the answer to that, but I have come to realize the formula is pretty simple. You throw a group of strangers out in the woods, you give them a project to work on that's slightly, slightly beyond what they think is possible, and then walk away. And then somehow the magic happens. They get to know each other on almost this intimate level after living, eating, sleeping together in the woods for a week. And uh, like, that's what I became really fascinated by was, you know, these volunteers, these strangers connecting so deeply with each other with this attitude of wanting to give back and then walking away with some friendships that last for well into the future. I don't, want to overstate it, but I've seen lives change, you know, literally. You know, when I shifted my focus from being resource centric, success was measured in terms of linear feet of trail dug, number of structures built. This is how I justified spending the money on that trail deficiency. Um, you throw up those nice numbers. It looks great, right? That was what kept me moving forward. And then when I realized the impact and the experience that, you know, these volunteers and crews were having, when I shifted that focus, like that became a whole different kind of motivation. And I just felt like those benefits, although indirect, could have more impact in the greater context of trying to manage two million acres of public lands. You know, I think anyone that comes to Alaska, maybe a first time visit, it's really easy to become enamored with those big, charismatic, photogenic, A-list celebrity wildlife, right? We've got them all here on the Kenai. The brown bears, the black bears, 
the moose, the caribou, like who doesn't like seeing, you know, those majestic and iconic, you know, wildlife species. It's just simply amazing. And I've never gotten tired of, of seeing wildlife almost on a daily basis. I think the longer I've stayed in Alaska, I've kind of, I start to appreciate a little more subtlety and I can for sure remember, you know, I would almost categorize it as a life-changing experience. Like this was a big day. This happened in 1990 and I still remember it quite vividly. And that was watching the salmon try to navigate these sort of waterfall situations and to watch, you know, the strength and the power and the drive and all these different techniques that these fish were employing to try to navigate these this rushing water and then to be spit out to the back of the line because you failed and have to wait your turn again. Like there was just so many uh, metaphors of life. The connection that I made with them that first day, you know, is still alive and well within me today. And it's just an important part of, you know, our the refuge here and for our visitors. The challenge of talking about this refuge or even Alaska, it's so easy to just launch into those, you know, words like life changing or spectacular or, you know, it's all those high level superlatives and you almost feel cliche some, saying some of those things. But, you know, really, you know, this place, this refuge, it's uh, there are no other ways to describe it. It's really a special place. And I think probably the thing that I'm most grateful for is I just still feel that right. I still feel like there is benefit in the work that I do. And uh, I really love being in this position where uh, people's eyes are being opened to, you know, something brand new. Alaska does grab you and the Kenai Refuge is just some of the, some of the, offers some of the best of Alaska, I think. This has been My Life Wildlife, a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. Producers, Lisa Hupp and Chris Pacheco. Produced and story edited by David Hoffman for Citizen Race Car, audio editing, sound design, and original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Artwork by Michelle Lawson. In Alaska, the employees of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are shared stewards of world-renowned natural resources and our nation's last true wild places. The lands and waters of this place we call home nourish a vast and unique array of fish, wildlife, and people. Our hope is that each generation has the opportunity to live with, live from, discover, and enjoy the wildness of this awe-inspiring land and the people who love and depend on it.